See what happens. Go on. Do you remember anything before the past three months? Do you have any memory outside of this house? Did you ever celebrate a birthday? You're not a real person. You're an idea. Hello and welcome to another episode of That's a Random, a Random Movie Podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. My guest this episode, returning Damon De La Greca, creator, CEO of the Slasher Horror Social Media app. A godsend to me, A, as a horror fan, B, as a podcaster. So many guests that I've gleaned for this show come from there. A great community. Uh, he's been on previously to talk about Klinger, and we kind of went over what why he started Slasher and sort of Slasher in general. We're here to this episode to talk about big stuff coming to Slasher, big improvements, big updates. We'll also talk about our movie this episode, which is The Room from 2019, not the Tommy Wiseau one. Not the Brie Larson one, but my first Shutter exclusive, my first Shutter that I've ever landed on. So that's it's about time, and we'll talk about that. But uh, re- really, I want to talk about slasher. <laughs> so let's uh, fill people in on what's coming, what's going, what's happening with the coolest place on the interwebs. We are getting ready to celebrate four years online on May thirty first. With that, we're really sort of relaunching and what that means is the current app that people know is going away a new website is being launched and a new mobile app is being launched so it uh, replace all the old stuff it's going to have a, a new look new feel a bunch of new functionality and features it's, it's really cool very exciting stuff you know we we have a few features that are going away like um the dating feature is temporarily going away. The groups are temporarily going away. We already have them all redesigned. We just have to put the pieces together. And we have some new features that people haven't seen before, uh, particularly in the, the movie database. So now we have two features. One is, uh, well, two things actually. You know, now people can write reviews instead of just commenting on the, uh, the movies. So now people are able to write reviews. And so we have a new feature called Worth worth a Watch. And basically what that is, it's a quick like thumbs up, thumbs down. Is this worth checking out? You know, it's it's easy to get caught up in reviews and stuff like that. Sometimes, you know, it doesn't mean the same thing to one person as it does another. You know, it may still be worth watching, but maybe a person is opinion of, of the quality is, is different. So what what one person might absolutely adore, another person might totally hate. So we just kind of figured, you know what, let's let's make it easy. Because even with the reviews, people still ask, was it worth watching? So I decided to come up with that and just put it in there and say, you know what, let's let's give people the the, the short. So we've we've got that. We've got Warfare. That's the new thing. So what Gorefinder is, this is sort of a first, first of its kind thing. Gorefinder gives people the ability to see how gory movie is on a five blood spatter scale. <laughs> that one I'm, I'm personally excited about because, uh, you know, we've never seen anything like that. And there's, there's a lot of people who obviously love super gory stuff. And there's, you know, people who just don't want to see quite as much of that in their horror movies. And that's cool, you know? But now we're, we're giving people more of a chance to have um, an, you know, an, an easier way to pick what they want to see. You know, so if you're really into it, you're, you're really not into it, now you're able to see real, really <laughs> Yeah, some people are into more psychological stuff. Right. Some people mm-hmm. just want gore with no plot or characters yeah. or anything. So that's a pretty good... Yeah. Well, that'll serve everybody pretty well. So it, it's cool because now I'm really getting to shape this more along the lines of what I kind of always hoped it would turn into. Do you have it not to be braggy or maybe this is, isn't even something you're allowed to say? I don't know. But do you have an idea of what the user base is at the moment? 
for slashing. They do, but we don't share it yet. It's something we will share in the future. Yeah. Um, I want to get to a certain point before I talk about it. So it's you know. No, I understand. There was a while there with the show where I was like, I, it doesn't it doesn't matter how many people listen to this, right? But that's how we're right, right. Now I'm um, fairly comfortable being like, yeah, it's this many people. So um, I understand. But yeah, I mean, it's it's substantial. It's it's very active. It's it's a really really active community and and to me the people who are there they're really there it's so mm-hmm. cool you know i'm i'm glad that people enjoy it that's that's the whole point you know so the people who who go on are, are typically on for either a long time or often or whatever and it's great you know you see the same people you see um you see people becoming friends you see people networking you see people working together it's it's really cool. It is, and I think I speak for everyone in the slasher community when I say a big part of why people love it so much, as opposed to your Twitters or your Facebooks or whatever. Not only can you, I wouldn't say post whatever you want, but you can put up. You know, you're not going to get. What am I trying to say? A lot of social media is very very sensitive about like, oh, you can't put a still from a horror movie with gore on it. They'll they'll get you. You oh, suspended or they'll take it down or whatever. Yeah. But on the other oh, hand, yeah. you are very much on top of and it's very easy for people to if someone is harassing you, bothering you, mm-hmm. being a dickhead, because every community, no matter how good it is, those people find their way to you. <laughs> yeah, um, and you shut that shit down fast. And I think everybody appreciates that a great deal because horror is so inclusive, should be so inclusive. There's no room for women to not feel safe there. There's no room for the LB, you know, gay people to not feel safe there. Everyone should feel safe there. And you have been very, very good about that. Thank you. Yeah, no, I I definitely do my best. There's no reason anyone shouldn't feel comfortable and be able to enjoy themselves. There's just not. You know, the only people who should feel that way are are the people who are being assholes. (laughs) Yeah. Um. But no, I mean, really, there's, there's, we're all, we're all horror fans, you know, we're all part of the, you know, outsiders of society because, you know, like you said, the, the, the mainstream social platforms are not accepting in any way. Um, I, I don't know if I've shared this with you before, but if you search for the hashtag horror on Instagram, you will get a very unpleasant message that suggests either you're going to hurt yourself or somebody else or that something's wrong with you. That is fucked up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've already got enough issues with, with people giving us, uh, you know, hassling us for liking the stuff that we like, which is completely make believe fantasy. You know, it's not real. It's special effects. Right. And, you know, like it, the, the context of that, is really important and and you know the people in the mainstream don't get it and you know what that's okay but my belief is well you don't have to get it you know that's okay but what you do have to do is leave people alone as long as they're not hurting anyone else and as much as it looks like people they're not so you know so we try to help us carve out our own things and make sure that we can enjoy this because look, if, if there are going to be these big companies that are going to try to cash in and make these tremendous, you know, high budget horror movies, uh, or some of them, I mean, most of them don't even have high budgets and they go to make like 10 X. So, um, when, when companies are doing that, knowing how much they're going to profit off of this community, Yet the mainstream takes issue with it. There's there's like this disconnect. So, you know, I'm trying to make sure we can carve out our space and be able to talk about those movies that, you know, don't cost a ton of money and make shit tons of money. Or, you know, the independent people who want to get to that point one day and, and have a, a livelihood or make a living making movies, writing books, um, making music, whatever it might be. You know, any any art that revolves around horror needs a platform. 
that doesn't really exist so much in the mainstream. Yeah, and I think it's a very important distinction what you said about that it's it's art, it's entertainment, it's no one's taking this stuff seriously. And I'll tell you, <clears throat> I had a fairly bad day the other day as the father of a toddler when mm -hmm. I got on Twitter and people are mm -hmm. posting photographs from a mass shooting in Texas and there is a child on the ground with their brains laying next to them mm -hmm. on Twitter, just there for anyone to see. That would no one on Slasher would ever think to post that because that's real life, you know. Well, I mean, that's wild to me that the people that every people are so afraid of, like the horror people, what are they doing? What are they thinking? But I can't, no one on Slasher would even think to put those real life photos out there for people to see because they're too busy doing memes about Jason, you know what I mean? Like, that's a pretty no, telling, no, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a difference between finding hidden comfort in fiction and finding it amusing to with people on a real level. I mean, that's that's awful in a way that I can't even begin to profit. Yeah, I mean, if, if I ever saw some shit like that, that person would straight up band. Like, there's there's no fucking reason for it none whatsoever it's not funny it's not interesting it's not any of those fucking things it's horrible you know and, and there's there's no other way around that um there's no justification for it i i, I would absolutely not accept that at all so I, I totally understand where you're coming from when yeah seeing that stuff and when when these mainstream sites like twitter literally make billions of dollars off of being like the shittiest possible place you can go on, on the internet maybe with the exception of like 4chan or some shit like that yeah but i mean <laughs> like you have yourself like point what the fuck am i doing how am i benefiting society or or even individual like a few individuals by doing what i'm doing you know, to me, if a person can keep themselves in check like that, then they're a decent human being, you know, but for the people who just, they will sell everyone else's soul for them to make money. Fuck that. Like, no, it, it's, it's, it's complete shit. And it's really frustrating. Here, here. So, so we, we don't need help with, with like, evolving <laughs> no so everyone go to slasher where we just have fun that's the, that's the moral of this story um <laughs> all right let's talk about the room yeah 2019 uh it feels like for regular listeners to the show it feels like previous episodes this is our home and house of good and evil had a baby and it was this movie because it's very similar in a lot of ways couple buys a house out in the yeah. boonies they have maybe fertility issues or whatever and then they like a child appear like there's very similar things to it this has kind of more of a yeah. sci-fi bent but i suppose when, you, really when, there's, when there's eighty thousand horror movies you're gonna see some repeating <laughs> sort of oh yeah things, but it's what they, they do with it yeah i mean they they took the like the the genie monkey paw type theme and and tried to give it a new twist but i thought was really interesting I, I thought it was it was cool that they really tried to make an effort to do something unique because i think that they pulled it up yeah i think it's, it's a little bit of a slow burn but i what i appreciate about it a lot is that it doesn't spoon feed you the answers to everything i think a lesser movie a lesser version of this movie would take 20 mm -hmm. minutes out of its runtime to show you the origins of the room and who built it and why they built it, which would be a complete waste yeah. of time. We don't need that. It's a mysterious right. object, you know? Mm -hmm. That's more interesting than explaining it all to me. Or even the yeah. stuff like at the end where like they, to get away, they made, they went in the room and wished for copies of themselves to trick him so that they could get away. We don't see that happen. You have to just kind of catch up to the movie and go, oh, okay, yeah. this is what happened here. That's pretty cool. 
yeah, I mean, to me, it, it sort of was like, it, it, it had that sort of inception feel to it. A little bit. You know, where, where they, where they did that, they went, they went into the room, which the kid had decided like he wanted to wish for outdoors. Right. So it was meta in that way. But then like they went into the room and they went into the house and it was just kind of like, Oh, okay. Now we're really like going levels deep here. Yeah. He didn't just make the outdoors inside the room. He also made a copy of their house in the woods yeah. inside the room. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. What do we got? We got Kate and Matt. Uh, Kate is played by Olga Kirilenko, who was she was a Bond girl in uh, Quantum of Solace, and she was in that shitty Hitman movie with Timothy Oliphant. Just basically, her role in that movie was just to walk around naked the whole time. So I felt bad for her, but she's she's you know Bond girl after that. I mean, what's better than that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're moving into this sort of house out in the. Yeah, the boonies. She is some sort of translator of books or something. He is a, a an artist. Apparently not a starving artist if they can afford this place. It's a little rundown, but and we get right into it. We don't waste a lot of time. I think it's at the eight minute mark of the movie that they find the door and open it. So that's mm -hmm. pretty good. I appreciate that. There's a door at the yeah. end of the hall that's been completely blocked off by like a pile of chairs and furniture and stuff. Like, don't go in here. So of course he moves all the furniture. It's been wallpapered over. He tears the wallpaper down. And there's a big metal door with a weird symbol on it and a weird keyhole. And he finds the key and opens it. And it appears to just be a bare room. But when you cross the threshold, the lights like flicker. Mm. And that sort of interrupts them from messing around with the room at first because they're like, oh, we got to call an electrician. Figure out what this is about. The electrician shows up and goes down in the basement. And it is a crazy steampunk looking like... The entire basement almost is wires leading to this. It almost looks like Iron Man's, um, uh, what do you call it? His chest thing, the uh, arc reactor. <laughs> it almost looks like that. Yeah. But with just all these old dusty cobwebby wires coming out of it. And like, what the hell kind of system is this? The electrician has never seen anything like this before. I don't know how to help you. Yeah, and, then, on his, and then on his way out, tells Matt, like, oh, you don't know? Like, the last people who lived here like 50 years ago or whatever were murdered here by <laughs> drugs, away. which is the kind of thing the realtor is supposed to tell you about. Right. But I guess he didn't. So he immediately starts researching online. What, you know, who was killed here? What it's this couple was killed here. They caught the John Doe who did it. This guy has no ID. They have no clue who this is. This guy is, mm -hmm. and he went, went to an asylum. Mm -hmm. And so then he kind of doesn't, you know, Oh, whatever. Not much I can do about it. And he's kind of struggling with whatever the writer's painter's version of writer's block is. Like, he's just not feeling it. He's got all this thoughts about this murder that happened in his head. And he goes into that room and he says, I want another. He's drinking brandy or whatever. And he's, I want another bottle. Mm -hmm. And a bottle appears on the floor. Yeah. And you can actually. Lights blank and bottle there. Yeah. And if you're looking, you can actually see, because the lights kind of flicker, you can see the bottle come into frame from the top, like they lowered it in on a string, but it's fine if you're looking close. Yeah, and he's like, whoa, what is this? So he starts trying out other things. Kate wakes up in the morning and finds he has been busy in the wish room because he has wished himself <laughs> up a bunch of rare classic. Like he's got a Van Gogh. He's got the Mona, Van Gogh. The Mona, Mona Lisa. <laughs> Cezanne's all this, you know, yeah. and she's like, what is all this? And he's like, check, check this out. Try it out. W wish for something. She's like, I wish I had a thousand dollars and a thousand dollars appears. And he's like, no, think bigger. So she wishes for a million dollars and a million dollars appears. Yeah. And we're off to the races. Good montage. Yeah. There's a montage of them just living it up, wished for shit, astronaut suits. And it becomes this real like debauched. It, it was like that. That was the first part of the movie that I started to feel uncomfortable because I was just like the amount of gluttony that's occurring in front of me right here was, was just, it was wild. Like they weren't going out. They weren't, they didn't have, there were no other people. It was just them in the house, like raging. And it was, 
the stuff that they did, like the outfit, right? Like the outfits they got. Like you said, they had, I think they had the space suit. He had like that red, was it like a butler outfit or whatever? Um, yeah, they're doing like, some. She had. They're doing some like, sexual almost, role play. <laughs> but even like this kind of random outfits that you see them wearing throughout the montage it was like, and then they're like dubbing like all these decadent foods. Like where? Well, when and where did they get all this? Did they just get it from the thing? Did they order it? <laughs> like, yeah, what the hell is... You're just in the room. I want... Because they wish for a ton of champagne. They have so much champagne that they're literally like just pouring yeah. it on the floor and licking it off the floor. Like They really lose their like, minds for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you, you saw them just falling into that hole. And I was like... Because, I mean, like it was just so... That it was amazing. And in such a short period of time. Um, and they've got, they have like just a wall of cash that they've made because they just keep wishing for carts and carts of, of money. So they'll never, they'll never be able to spend this much money. Yeah. And then it gets to a point where there's the sort of crash of like, what are we doing? That idea <laughs> of like, when you can have whatever you want, it's all a little meaningless. <laughs> and what else can we even wish? Like, we'll never have to work our job. She quits her job. Like, yeah. we don't have to work another day in our lives. But also that feeling in the back of your head of like, this is too good to be true, right? Like, what? how does this even work? What is this? Yeah, exactly. When is the other shoe going to drop? They have a conversation about how he wants to try again to have a, a child. And she has apparently had, I would guess, fairly well into the pregnancy miscarriages. Yeah. Twice already. And she just doesn't mm -hmm. have her in it in her to do it again because that's horrifying and awful and she can't mm. deal with that pain again the doctors have told them like no every you guys should keep trying nothing's wrong with you nothing's wrong with you everything should work fine but she yeah. is not willing to go through that again and he he paints up one of the rooms as a nursery for her to like try to like incentivize her to like let's try again and she's like no i'm not i can't i can't do it yeah so she decides to take a shortcut <laughs> and here's where the monkey paw really starts to bite back because she wishes for he, Matt comes home and there's just a baby in their house, just like a yeah three or four month old baby, and he's like, yep. "What are you out of your fucking mind? What are you doing? You, this is not right. You can't do this." And she's yeah. like, "It's a, it's a boy." <laughs> like she doesn't give a fuck, and he convinces her like, "No, this is we cannot do this. We don't know enough about this. You can't just make a baby from thin air. That's crazy. We have to right, right. go back in the room and." unmake it basically wish it to go away right so they go in there she can't bring herself to do it so she hands mm -hmm. the baby to him and you think he's gonna do it and then he doesn't have it in him to unmake this child either so now they just have this baby yeah which he's never really super into he's not really she's definitely being a good mom he's a pretty standoffish dad like he's not you know because realistically, it's not his kid. I mean, it's not her kid either, but you know, he doesn't feel an attachment to it the way that she does. Yeah. So to distract himself from everything that's going on at home and just you, you let let her be with this crazy wish baby, I'm gonna do other mm -hmm. things. He get he wants to get back to the John Doe mystery. He drives out to the mental institution where this John Doe has been locked up for forty some years, and the receptionist says like no, this guy's never had a visitor. Like, there's no one on his visitor list. He's like, in 40 years, no one's ever come to talk to this guy? No, nobody. Because no one knows who he is. He has no family, nothing. So he goes in to talk to him, and this John Doe guy immediately susses out that, like, wait, I know what's up. You found the room, right? You're living in my old house, and you found the room. Like, just be... And kind of warns him, like, just run away. Don't do it. <laughs> like, whatever you think, it's not worth it. Yeah. But when he left that when he left the house, Matt like stuffed his pockets full of a bunch of their loose cash that's just laying all over the house. And when he comes when he goes to uh, it's paying for a cab or something, when he goes yeah. to come leave the asylum and go back to the house, he reaches in his pocket to pull the money out and it's just ash. He mm -hmm. has a pocket full of ash. Right. So he realizes, uh oh, that's not right. Races back to the house, starts throwing money out the window, and as soon as it leaves the window, it just turns to ash on the wind. Like the snap in the Avengers. Yeah, everybody got Thanos snapped. 
he takes his van. I would have started smaller, cheaper, but he takes the Van Gogh off the wall. Right. Or Van Gogh. I don't know. Whatever. People argue about how to say it. I say Van Gogh. And takes it out and sort of lays it halfway in the doorway, halfway out. And the half that's outside, like, ages rapidly and turns to ash. So he realizes, oh, shit. Nothing we made in the wish room can leave this house. So there's a downside. Yeah. <laughs> Which means they can't, all this money that they have, they can't take it to a bank. So it means nothing. All this money means nothing because you can't, it can't yeah. leave the house. Now he really wants to know what's going on with this room. So he starts, he busts a hole in the wall and all that's behind the sheetrock or the plaster or whatever is just wires. It's solid wall of these wires and tubes. Yeah, that looks weird. It looks pretty crazy. Really weird. Like yeah. every, the entirety of under the floorboards, behind the walls, all there is. It is was wires. like more steampunk. Yeah, it's very, it's, a, it's pretty steampunk. So it's like they're living inside of a machine of some sort, the entire house. Mm -hmm. And again, we never find out where it came from or why. And that's good. I'm glad. So, and I don't know what took her so long, but at this point, Kate decides to take the baby outside. We're going to take the baby outside and play. And he almost lets her do it. Like she goes outside, he starts to say something, and then he's like, nope. And he stands inside. Like he's going to mm -hmm. let her take this baby out and watch this baby turn to dust. Yeah. And she starts screaming because the baby's starting to age and get like its skin is getting like sores on it and stuff. But he it can't. It's like a man for being in the sun almost. Yeah. But he can't. He doesn't have the heart to do that. Mm -hmm. probably more to her than to the baby but so he runs out grabs the baby runs back in the house and has to explain to her you know you can't leave the house this is what's going on but the baby yeah. has aged up rapidly just from being outside for that 10 15 seconds or whatever from like an infant to like a, a toddler <laughs> well now he's at this point he's yeah, nine, or, like, nine or ten probably well no um well, they remember the first level, but then, yeah, he, yeah, it's like he was pretty much talking. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's, you're probably right because he was like talking and everything, like pretty much fully like a kid. Yeah, they kind of skip right past toddler to yeah. I'd say he's probably yeah, you're eight, right. eight, nine years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now you've missed out. You wanted this child so bad, and now you've missed. You're missing out on all those fundamental parts of their childhood because you just jump from baby to like a grade schooler. Yeah. And the part that freaked me out was how did this child develop, you know, like mentally, like how did it acquire language or, you know, emotion or any kind of skill, you know, that, that you learn over that period of time? Like, where did that come from? What did it look like? You know, yeah, that was the part that really freaked me out. We don't get a great sense of how much time is passing. We do see her. The next scene, we see her kind of like home trying to homeschool this kid. And he is talking and she's trying to right. teach him stuff. Yeah. But to get to the level that he can talk, mm -hmm. like mentally and emotionally, he's not as developed as he should be at that age, which right. makes sense. But as far as language and just, you know, basic knowledge stuff, mm -hmm. she's obviously been teaching him stuff. Who knows how long it took to get there i assume we've jumped a little bit ahead in time yeah but and this kid is kind of a little jerk but it's also kind it's of understandable yeah. because you're isolated all the only human beings you've ever seen are your mother and father your mm -hmm. father barely talks to you and like locks himself away in a room and drinks and paints yeah so it's kind of just your mom so it's understandable that this kid's gonna wind up with serious mommy issues by the time we're done here and you can't, you've never been outside. You've never, like, your entire life is just inside this house. And you also have no memories mm -hmm. from anything that, like, more than three months ago. Mm -hmm. So I can understand so, why this kid, yeah. and also having no socialization or anything like that, it's kind right. of a, I don't, I feel bad for the kid. I understand why he's kind of a little asshole because, like, <laughs> it's not his fault. Right. How That's a nature versus nurture argument, right? How much is, is he by nature evil because the room is evil somehow? Or is it just that the situation no. that he's in has forced him to be a stunted little weirdo? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> Matt has ordered a gun and had it delivered to the house. He's very uh, paranoid, I guess. 
But he's just walking around the house. He's just a bathroom man now. He just gets up in the morning, puts his bathroom on, and wanders around the house. He's not like a full-blown alcoholic, really, but he's definitely in, if not a deep state of depression, a deep state of, I don't know what, denial or something. But he's just doing his own thing, never leaves his bathrobe. Like, he's just, so all this, they they could wish for anything they want, and it's kind of like, it's just ruining their lives, which is, I mean, that's the monkey saw, right? That's the whole thing. You're right, right. Shane almost gets outside. Like he's asking about why can't I go outside? She's like, you just can't. Like she's telling him that like there's germs outside that will make you sick okay. and stuff. And the kid's not really buying it. So when no. she's not looking, he steals the key because they lock the door from the inside so he can't leave. Steals the key, opens the door, just about gets outside before they catch him. Mm-hmm. So now they're boarding up all the windows. Like now they they're living in a prison of their own making because now. They can't even open their windows to let a breeze in because this kid might go outside. Mm-hmm. So their life's not going well, well at all, really. And that's when the kid, yeah, the kid goes, the kid figures out something's up with this room and he goes in there and he, they, they're like, oh shit, he's in the room. What's going to happen? And they run in there and he is, yeah, he has turned the inside of the room into the outdoors. He is in a, you go through the door of the room and where there used to be a little, I don't know what, 12 by 12, concrete room it is now a forest with a snowman and like that you, yeah. can't, you, you can't see the end of like it goes on right. for a while which is a cool kind of visual it's like narnia in there yeah and matt freaks out and drags him out of there. He's like you cannot go in there you're not allowed to go in there and kate's like why not why can't he use it too and he's like because what's going to happen if this fucking kid in bed says i want a dragon and then there's a dragon, yeah. a, a literal dragon in our house burning our house down like right kids a kid can't be trusted with this kind of power we couldn't be trusted with this kind of power <laughs> look yeah. what happened so he's not wrong john doe has somehow gotten their phone number well i suppose maybe it's the phone number is to the house phone is was the same number he had when he was lived there so i don't know but john doe calls and through this conversation what we gather is if you hadn't figured it out yet John Doe, well, Shane is the name of their their kid that they wished that she wished up. He's just like Shane. He was his parents lived in this house. They wished for a kid, and he is that kid grown up. And if you're wondering, well, how is he in an asylum? Then they explain that here's they apply a little bit of rules here, which I don't know if it completely works for me. Like, how did you figure that out that these were the rules? But basically, the idea of like how the only way man is ever free from God is by killing God, right? So you kill your creator. So they figured out that the only way that this kid, the John Doe, would be ever free to leave the house and grow up and age and live a normal life is to kill both of his parents. Whoever, If you kill whoever created you, you're free to go. And that's what happened. He killed his parents, or I guess his mom killed the dad and then had him kill her because they loved him so much and wanted him to be free or whatever. So that's interesting. Bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> Like that, that's when really started to get creepy, you know, because then you've, you've got all that going on. It's starting to become kind of meta. And like it, you're not sure how far it's going to go once you see it start to unfold. You know, it, it didn't, it didn't go as far as I thought it could have. Like I thought it was really going to go further than that once they, they showed that they went into the real house from the, the, the house in the room. I thought they might have going just to like mess with people, but they didn't. So I was actually surprised at that point when it, it didn't kill me. Yeah. So now, yeah. So John Doe basically poses the question to Matt of like, look, one of two things is going to happen and you're going to have to make a decision. Are you going to kill that kid to save your wife? Or are you going to kill your wife to save that kid? Mm-hmm. She's probably willing to die so that kid can go live a normal life. So you have a decision to make. She yeah. overhears, she gets on the other line and overhears this conversation and takes off because she's freaked out. Probably so. <laughs> Understandably so. She's out driving and it you see her consider, contemplate just driving straight into a guardrail and killing herself yeah. so that this kid yeah. can be free. But then at the last second she can't do it and swerves. But she almost did it. So she mm-hmm. is yeah, she is putting this, not imaginary child, but this, you know, they they call him a figment. Everything they've made in the room, they call a figment. He's not, is he real? Yeah. 
And she's really he, when he caught wind of that, he didn't seem to act. <laughs> Like, no, and while yeah, while she's gone, Shane and Matt start having an argument of like, you know, where's mommy? I heard you I heard you guys call me a figment. What does that mean? Right. And he keeps like hassling Matt and pressuring him, and Kate's not there to be the buffer between them that she usually is. And Matt yep. loses his cool and drags his kid to the front door and is like, Do you want to go outside? Go for it. I'm like, here, I'm opening the door because here's the deal. You're not a real person. You are a, a concept. You are an idea. And if you want to leave, mm -hmm. go right ahead. But I'm telling you, you're not going to like it if you go. And basically lays it all out for this kid. Creates, you know, the final rift sort of between them. When Kate comes back, they Kate and Matt sort of reconcile. And they're, they have a makeup sex on, like, the kitchen table. And Shane is watching <laughs> them through the crack in the door. That's never good. Yeah. That's not good. So there, oh, he steals, he sneaks into the room, he steals the key again, which they really should do a better job of hiding. And he goes outside, and they, they're like, oh shit, where's Shane in the morning? They wake up, they go out and find him. And he's, yeah. or he is, he went outside and got the sort of the tree swing that they had and brought it into the house. Or no, I guess it wasn't, it was inside when he was little too. But anyway, he has gone outside and aged himself up. He's now probably, Somewhere between 17 and 22, looks like. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. And he has also found Matt's gun, which he's mm -hmm. waving around and pointing at them. Right. There's a scuffle over the gun. Kate is knocked out. And here's where things start to get trippy, but also very cool. Kate's knocked out in the scuffle. She wakes up. Matt's there. Matt tells her, and I'm doing, you can't see it, but I'm doing air quotes around Matt. <laughs> Matt tells her, oh, you know, Shane and I fought over the gun. He got shot. So I took his body outside and he turned to dust. Shane is gone. Mm -hmm. She's very sad and very upset. But then we see Matt wake up as if he has been knocked unconscious. And he's in the house by himself. And saying, no one's around. No one else. Kate and Shane aren't in the house. He's running the house looking for them. He goes outside. He's running through the woods and he sees their house. Like he just, he went into the room. And now he's in the woods, and then he sees their house. So inside the room is the forest and a copy of their house. It's cool shit. And of course, you realize slightly before Kate does that the Matt that she is hanging out with right now mm -hmm. is not Matt. It's Shane who went into the room and wished himself to look like his dad. Mm -hmm. Which is weird. It, it gets real Oedipal here. <laughs> because... Oh, yeah. That was crazy. That part of the movie... I don't know why, but like, I like things kept happening around me that kept distracting me. So I must have tried to watch that part about seven times. <laughs> so I, this is where I ended up getting a little bit fuzzy. Was like, I mean, I saw the part, but I wasn't connecting the dots at the time because it was just like phone would go off, something would happen on the computer, <laughs> like. So I, I literally like rewound it and tried to watch it about seven. I think it's like the last what ten minutes of the movie or something, fifteen minutes at most. Yeah, um, ten fifteen. So once I got to that part, yeah, it was it was just crazy. Like this is how we're we're finding out that you know there's the meta house that's in the room, or there's um you know and and he broke through the wall of that like around the. Was it around the doorway or something? I can't remember. Yeah, he couldn't. Matt, at first, when he wakes up in the empty house, he can't yeah. get into the magic room because it's right, locked and right, he doesn't right. have the key. So he just yeah. breaks through the wall and crawls through the nest of wires until he comes out the other side, breaks out the other yeah, side, and then he's wild. in the room. Because that was like, you know, in 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 his perspective, that was something like like what ten feet that he had to crawl. Meanwhile, walls are like four inches thick. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, well, that's magic, what do you want? That was wild. That was really wild. But er earlier in the movie, I we didn't mention it because it doesn't seem like it's important, but Shane, they're sitting eating, Shane, like, cr Shane likes crunching his ice that's in his drink, and it bothers her, she doesn't like it. she's like, stop doing that, you'll hurt your teeth. Right, you don't think right, much right. of it, but then she's sitting down to eat with Matt, and he's doing the ice crunching thing, and that's when she really realizes what we probably already know, which is that this isn't Matt, it's Shane who's transformed mm -hmm. himself into Matt because he's got weird mommy issues. 
and he attacks her. It appears, and I'll well by the time we get to the end, I'll have some questions about this. But yeah. it appears mm-hmm. he's attempting to sexually assault his own mother. Mm-hmm. Right. And she kind of passes out, so we don't really see what happens. He hears real Matt coming and banging on the door and sort of gets distracted and and gets up. Yeah. Because Matt has run through the woods that are inside the room to the copy of the house that's inside the house <laughs> which sounds crazy but when you watch it 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 makes sense mm-hmm. matt comes to her rescue this is cool they're running he shane has made inside the copy of the house there's like mc escher stairs like they're trying to run and get away yeah but they're on yeah that was impossible. weird meant to be camera angle or it was meant to be that they were actually running sideways and upside down and all kinds of weird shit like I, I couldn't quite tell. I, I did rewind that while I was watching it, and I was like, I'm not sure what the director meant. Like, if, if it was just like, hey, these are the angles, and we're just showing them, like, fleeing, or, like you said, are these MC Escher's that are just all over the place? I took it to be that Shane does this, like, while they're trying to get away, he runs in the wish room and changes mm. the stairwell to sort of trap them there because we've seen throughout the movie there's just like you go up one flight of stairs and you're upstairs and they're running up yeah, a ton yeah. of stairs and then they're sideways and they're that's true. down. and you see one shot that's kind of yeah. their back where you can see that there's stairs like it looks like the MC Escher painting like it's and it's pretty it's pretty cool I haven't seen that since yeah uh, new new nightmare was the last movie I saw maybe that pulled that trick oh they find they escape those MC Escher stairs and Oh, the two mats are competing for like, no, I'm Matt. Come with me. I'm Matt. Come with me. And the yeah. real Matt calls her Junebug, which kind of mm-hmm. is like his pet name for her. So she knows it's him. She pushes right. the other Matt down the stairs. And when mm-hmm. he lands it because he gets knocked out, he turns back into Shane. So he doesn't look like mm-hmm. Matt anymore. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, and Matt's like, hey, all right, I got an idea. And they sort of run down the hallway. And then the next time we see them, they're running for the front door. This is cool. Mm-hmm. Shane has a knife and runs up and stabs Matt and Matt dies. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh shit. And Kate's crying because Matt's dead. But meanwhile, outside the window, outside the door, we can see Matt and Kate run past the window. Yeah. Because what's happened is, and the movie doesn't stop to explain it to you, you have to kind of just keep mm-hmm. up. And I think that's cool. Yeah. Matt and Kate, while he was unconscious, went into the wish room, made copies of themselves, like wished. We, we, I wish, we wish there was another Matt and Kate or something like that mm. and sent them into the house to run into Shane while they made their escape out, outside to distract him. And that's just a cool idea. I know, know that I've seen something quite like that before. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool. They make their way through the woods, which again are inside the room, <laughs> back out of the wish room to the real house. And out the front door, Shane has chased and followed them because he figured out what was up. And Matt tackles Shane outside the door, again, of the real house. So Shane starts aging rapidly. He's a middle-aged man, and then he's an old man, and then he's just a pile of dust. And Shane is dead. They they got back into the house while that was happening, didn't they? Because I thought he was banging on the, the door. Wasn't he banging on the door? Well, I think he- Matt Matt tackles him outside and then Matt's like unconscious outside and Kate shuts yeah. the door. So Kate is out Kate's yeah. outside or Kate's in the house having to listen to him like beg to come inside and she doesn't right. let him in. And once he's like collapsed, then Kate goes back outside and her and Matt watch him sort of just yeah, turn to a pile of dust. And Kate mm-hmm. is very sad because despite what a murderous all rapist possibly like monster yeah. this kid turned into it was still for a while the baby she always wanted right, you know? right. and just the whole situation is sad yeah. and then we cut to and here's I kind of wish we this is the one issue I take with the movie I think they went one step too far it's a mm-hmm. month later they're like fuck this house they're staying at a motel Right, right, right. Matt comes back from getting coffee or whatever, and Kate has sort of locked him out because she's sitting in the bed looking at a pregnancy test, and she is pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then, and that would be fine. That's a that that would be a great ending. 
the realization that, because I think there's three different possible readings of this ending. And the first one is Matt, well, I guess when they banged it down on the kitchen table, when they, you know, Matt is, she's pregnant now. It's Matt's kid. Mm -hmm. She could have got pregnant all along. She didn't need to wish. So the idea, it's her realizing that devastating realization of like, all of this could have been avoided if I had just kept trying to get pregnant the natural way and not taking that shortcut. Mm -hmm. All this horror that we went through, this person that we made and then basically killed, you know, oh, all of that right. could have avoided because I can get pregnant. That yeah. would be, that's a pretty good ending. That's emotionally like satisfying and, you know, but then the little light flicker. Because oh, so then I guess a second reading is that somehow they're still trapped in some version of the room that includes mm -hmm. a, they could spend a month at a motel and not know that they're so that's a little silly. I don't know if I buy that one. I think the third reading and it's the one I don't really even like to think about is was Shane's attempted rape of his mother a successful rape of his mother? Is she pregnant with Shane's child who is half figment? And so that kid has powers, and that's why the lights are flickering. I think that's a possibility, too. I don't like it, but I don't know. Yeah, he did look kind of freaked out when she saw that maybe that was something that, that was occurring in her mind. Yeah, that was that was bizarre. Yeah, that the whole situation was messed. But I think it's I think it's a good I think it's a solid enough ending without having that little light flicker at the end as like a last kind of gotcha. I think that throws way too much ambiguity on the situation. I don't mind a little ambiguity, but that just opens the door to a whole viper's nest yeah. of questions that like we didn't really need. We were fine with just the the lesson she has had to learn of like, you know, mm -hmm. fuck, I can get pregnant and, I'm, and I am pregnant, but now we have to live with this in our head of what we did. That's right. Like, you right, know, right. That's pretty good. I agree. I mean, not everything needs to be like a sequel set up. Sometimes the best sequel were never set up, you know. So if they did decide that they ever wanted to make another one, <laughs> it would be a complete surprise, and they could literally do anything they want. Yeah. Or even if it's not a sequel, so it's just that last, like, like Carrie, you know, Carrie's hand coming out of the ground, like, or Jason jumping out of the mm -hmm. lake, like that last little scare. And I don't know that yeah. this movie needed that the way that some movies do, but that's the room. Uh, mm -hmm. Not bad, I think. Not bad. Terrific movie. It was just, there were a lot of parts that were uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, how does that compare to Klinger for you? <laughs> Probably maybe better, but less fun. I mean, if you can remember that far room, back. I mean, I kind of do. I have to say the room was incredibly well made. I thought it was just very well done. It was, it was intelligently made. Think that they made more or less mistakes than you know a well-known director would have made. I, I just I felt it was it was well put together and um, nicely executed. I don't know if this was like I don't know if this was really super indie or if it had like a decent budget or whatever, but it looked like it was a perfectly great movie that you see in theaters. No, there was no stories on quality there. It was. Like you said, it was a slow burn. It those those moments of discomfort were very uncomfortable. Slinger was was fun. It just it was nicely paced and everything. And this one was too for the most part. Yeah, I mean they're they're feeding two totally different That's true. You know, moods, you know. Yeah. Um there's there are those days where you just wanna feel like pretty bizarre and there's those days you want to like laugh or have a good time i think they honestly they both really good job of achieving those feelings yep i enjoyed it and i think also i should mention that the uh the cgi effects for the stuff aging rapidly for a mm -hmm. for kind of a low budget movie like this is look pretty good not bad they did. it wasn't no they, they did a good job Sometimes you'll see yeah. a real sort of shitty, like MS, just MS paint looking <laughs> special effects. And this isn't that. It looked all right, you know? So, well, it is that time of the episode where I press the magic button to see what next episode's movie, chosen completely at random from everything streaming, will be. Pressing the magic button now. <laughs> next episode's movie. Only this fucking show could have, in May, 
A Christmas Mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, from 2014. This looks like probably like a Hallmark movie or Lifetime movie or Ion Network, whatever that is. Yeah, A Christmas Mystery from 2014. It is watchable on Peacock, Tubi, uh, Amazon Freebie. So a couple of different places people can find that. That's your homework for next episode. A Christmas Mystery here in May from 24. I guess there's also a Christmas Mystery from 2022. It's not that one. It's one from 2014. So that's, yeah, that's next week. I bet, yeah, only this show could have Christmas in May. Um, where can people find you, sir, and all things Slasher and whatever you want people to know to know where to find you and all of your good works? Thank you. Um, yeah, people can find us right on our website at www.slasher.tv. Uh, also uh, under the handle the Slasher app on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, probably some other things. <laughs> but um, best place is probably our website. Okay. And that's it? Not you, Nothing for you personally? Just Slasher stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, people can, uh, people are more than welcome to, uh, to catch me on Slasher at Damon. Um, that's my first name. And, uh, happy to talk horror, answer questions, help out, whatever people need, listen to suggestions or feedback or anything. The whole deal. Yeah, it's come up, uh, a lot, a lot, a lot on this show. But if you're listening and you have not, and you like horror at all, and you have not yet checked out Slasher, what are you even doing? What are you doing with your life? Get on it. I am on Twitter still, unfortunately and sadly, uh, at Heath Lambert 78. The show is at That's So Random P2. But the show can also be found cooler places <laughs> under some form or other of That's So Random, That's So Random Pod, or That's So Random Podcast on Slasher, Hive, Mastodon, TikTok. That is all. Uh, artwork for the show by Joe Humphrey, who is at Mr. Joe Humphrey. Oh, the show has an email address at that so random pod at gmail.com. Not at that so random, just that so random at gmail.com for all of your questions, concerns, complaints, what have you. And I think that'll do it. Thank you very much, sir, for Thank you. your time. Thank you for your continued hard work and creating a, a, a sphere and a home for cool people to do cool things and not be fucking harassed about it. <laughs> We appreciate you very much. Well, no, man, thank you. I'm, I'm definitely happy to come back. And it was, it's, it's always nice to be introduced to something that I might not have otherwise watched. So thanks for, uh, thanks for the couple of, uh, of movies we've checked out now. Well, that's yeah, that's a, a real uh, cornerstone of this show is shit no one's ever heard of. <laughs> so yeah, it's awesome. But it, sometimes it works out, sometimes not so much. Well, that will do it for this week. On behalf of Damon and myself, uh, one more time next week, uh, a Christmas mystery on Peacock, Tubi, and Freebie from 2014. That's next week's episode. And uh, everybody have a good week, and we'll see you then. Bye.